1: All right, we got uh, good hockey games coming up for you this week. Our ESPN Plus featured games tonight. Two of the uh, best in the league: Bruins, Rangers. 7:30 Eastern. Followed by Panthers and Sharks out west. To get ESPN Plus, go to ESPNPlus.com or download the ESPN app. And with that, we welcome you back to another hour of Get Up. We're at the Seaport. We're brought to you by Grey Goose. Everyone has calmed down to some degree here, right? Settle. Give me a wusa. That's Ooh. your big right. Yeah, give me a little yeah, Give me a little something over there. We have lots of football conversation coming you your way you. as we roll lot. on yeah. in this very big hour. But there's only one place to begin. History made last night in the World Series. Get me Todd Frazier and show me Christian Javier of the Astros dominating the Phillies last night. Yeah,
2: he did what he does best, throwing the fastball with some rise action. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. He started from the top of the zone and then actually went down in the zone thinking that ball was going to be a ball. And next thing you know, we're swinging through like the Phillies did last night.
1: Javier, seven strikeouts in four no-hit innings. Now we go top of five. Alex Bregman with the bases loaded.
2: Yeah, 0-2 pitch. He left that one way out over the plate. I know it's 101 miles an hour, but any good the hitter is going to get that pitch drive it the other way Two run score for Bregman five nothing is the score bottom
1: five same score Javier not done yet.
2: Nah, still doing what he does. What I talked about before, the bottom of the zone was his and also the top of the zone. Nine strikeouts. My goodness. Another great outing.
1: Six innings and more importantly zero hits. Bottom seven. They turn it over to the bullpen. Could they keep the no-no
2: alive? It's Brian Abreu. Yeah, Dusty Baker did a perfect job yesterday bringing in his three guns yesterday and Abreu did what he does. Best throw 97 plus with a nasty slider. That was the seventh. The eighth belonged to Rafael Montero. Rafael played with him a couple years back. He has a very heavy fastball. That's probably the hardest hit ball the Phillies hit yesterday from me and Gene, but got out again.
1: And so the Astros were three outs away from a combined no-hitter, and they would give those to Ryan Presley. And here we go. J.T. Realmuto at the plate with the last chance to break up the no-hitter, but we have history made. The Astros record the second no-hitter in World Series history, the first ever combined. More importantly, they win it 5-0, the series tied at two games apiece, and afterwards, amazement.
0: What Javi and all the guys
3: did was is really special. A moment that we'll we'll all cherish for forever. Yeah, I really don't give. <laughs> f- so, no, nope, move on to tomorrow.
4: It's cool. We'll be in the history books, I guess.
1: That's really interesting. Just very quickly before we get to the tape here. I mean, is do they mean that? I mean, d- does he? It, does it make any difference if you're going to lose a World Series game? Does it matter that you got no hit? It feels to me like it would matter.
2: Yeah, I, it matters. But at the same time, you try to win. it, yeah. it is a no hitter at the end of the day. But, of course, you know, who who really does care? we got to win the next game.
1: Fair enough. In the meantime, let's get back to business here. Christian Javier, obviously brilliant through six innings last night. Show us how he did it.
2: Yeah, it was real simple. He's got an invisible, late-life heavy movement. And this pitch right here, actually, if you can tell, it looks really good in that 12 inches of vertical break or vertical upward break. Is very hard to hit. And as you see Harper, who's been hitting the ball really well, it's a very hard pitch to hit. You're swinging. Next thing you know, you're figuring out, do I have a hole in my bat at the end of the day? And this is what happens. He started from the top of the zone. He started pitching to the bottom of the zone. And as a hitter, you're taught to swing down on the ball. Now, with this pitch coming up and you're swinging down, it does not bode well for hitters. So, Javier,
1: brilliant last night. Would you have been – Would you have expected him to be lobbying to stay in that game last night? I'm sure there are people out there saying, wait, six innings, 97 pitches. He has a no-hitter going in a World Series game, and they take him out. Any questions about that at all?
2: No, no. It's a new era. I mean, this is the way baseball is. You get anywhere close to 100 pitches. I mean, all the old-timers right now are saying, leave him in, leave him in. Dusty Baker knows. We have a dominant bullpen. Let's do what we do best and leave it to them.
1: It's it's the first ever combined no-hitter in postseason history. Roy Halladay had thrown one in a playoff game. And, of course, Don Larson legendarily in the World Series. So, this leaves us tied at two games apiece. And it brings Justin Verlander to the mound tonight for Houston. And you might be thinking to yourself, advantage Astros. The reality is, historically, Verlander has been frankly, he's been terrible in the World Series in his history. So, show us some tape on what we should expect.
5: Yeah,
2: it's got to be playing in his mind a little bit. These are the six hits that he gave up in his last outing. He's having a hard time right now glove side. When I mean glove side, his glove's on his left hand. That's the opposite side of where he throws. You see these pitches. That's actually a good pitch, but they're waiting for it. Good command command of his fastball and off-speed pitches, but Philly's had a great, great plan coming in. We're going to sit this side of the plate, and guess what? If you're going to hang it, we're going to bang it. That's the old saying how goes and he did he had trouble he had three good innings but ultimately the last three weren't good
1: so would we expect I can't believe I'm saying these words out loud is there a short leash on Justin Verlander tonight in game five of a 2-2 World Series
2: without a doubt and it's not a surprise you know that outing he had I think they left him in one inning too long and Dusty Baker says listen all hands on deck. Our bullpen's still available, still ready to fire, and the Phillies, too, as well. So it could be a high-scoring match.
1: Now, you have a travel day tomorrow and off day, so the bullpens will get their rest tomorrow if they need everybody on board tonight. So where is the advantage right now? 2-2 series. We take a look here at the numbers. Those are Justin Verlander's career World Series numbers over there on the right. He's 0-6 with an ARA over 6. So I'm not exaggerating when I say that he has been – to say he has struggled uh, would be putting it uh, mildly yes. for his history. So just – as far as the World Series is concerned, 2-2,
2: Phillies home tonight, then back to Houston, Verlander tonight. Who's got the advantage? Phillies have the advantage. We've seen the seesaw battle. One team plays good, the other one doesn't. They're going back and forth. Biggest game of the series today. If Philly does lose, they're going to have a really tough time beating them in Houston with Vramer Valdez coming in with that lefty nasty pitch with his nasty curveball. Philly needs a to win tonight. Okay. See well, what outstanding work, my man. A pleasure to have you, no Thank question. You. All
1: right, that's the baseball to the football. We go next. The Packers did not make any moves before Tuesday's trade deadline. Our Packers reporter Rob Domowski reports that Green Bay attempted to trade for receiver Chase Claypool, who ultimately went to Chicago for a second round pick. So here's Aaron Rodgers yesterday talking about his team at three and five trying to make a run.
0: Obviously, the compensation or whatever players that we were going after, it just didn't make sense. So I trust Brian, and uh, we had some good conversations. Uh, know that we were, you know, in on some things, and it obviously just didn't uh, didn't pan out. That just sends a message to us that we got to, you know, play with the guys we got and and win with the guys we got. All right, when were the ones we got? I mean, that's it.
1: And so here we are, Nico. They're sitting there at three and five. They've lost a bunch of games in a row. They're going to Detroit, which is a team that he has yeah. historically dominated. If they don't win this weekend, is their season
3: over? I said it was over two weeks ago. And look, when you look at the Packers, they're struggling in many phases. So this matchup, if they lose, it's completely over. Mm-hmm. The season is over if they lose this matchup. So again, a couple weeks ago when the Jets went into Lambeau and beat the Packers, I said that that would be basically the start of the end for this this team in the season. And, and I was right. So continuing to move forward here against the Lions, they can't lose this matchup.
1: Yeah, it, it, they've lost a bunch of games that we thought they should win going into them. Now suddenly that game against the Giants feels a little different. The game against the Jets feels yep. a little different. Some of these teams turned out to be a little better than we thought. But the conversation we had earlier this morning that I think is fascinating to me is more big picture because it's not so unusual to say all right maybe this isn't the year for this team we'll see if they can reload but they have Aaron Rodgers at this particular moment in his career which makes it a a feel very different so Bart Scott has the Super Bowl window closed for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay
4: I think it closed as soon as San Francisco decided to bring Jimmy G back Yeah, like like Aaron Rodgers always says he owns the Bears Jimmy G owns him and that's a bigger story right everybody else in the nfc has gotten better Mm -hmm. right and aaron Rodgers, we thought this defense was going to be elite and they were going to be able to win a different way right running the football tremendous defense and maybe we don't have the receivers that we used to have but we have a a reigning mvp and you have to have a bigger conversation with aaron Rodgers. like they when they didn't make a move that's a decision to say listen we're not just one receiver away yeah So why go all in for a wide receiver if our defense can't be Super Bowl caliber? We've spent the money. We spent the draft equity. We went out. We got you Rashawn Gary. We got Zaire Alexander. Why isn't it working? I think you have to have a bigger conversation about Aaron Rodgers' future. And if he wants to give the Green Bay Packers a great parting gift, one like Russell Wilson gave to the Seattle Seahawks. What does that mean? I mean, he should consider maybe being traded. And listen, I know everybody wants to talk about the fifty million dollar cap hit. Listen, the Saints were seventy million dollars over the cap. Yeah. And they were in the running yeah. for Deshaun Watson.
6: Those it cap numbers are fudge lines. They're not real caps.
1: Let me get let me get Neek in here. Go, Dominique. Sorry.
6: Yeah, it's not about the cap number or the ability to trade them. That's shocking to me. What's shocking to me is everyone's so ready to give up on this team in the long term. I think this year, yeah, it's probably done. But they've built a pretty impressive roster. I feel like the hardest thing to find is an elite quarterback. They got one of those. We all agree that they have the talent on defense. They have young receivers that we don't know the answers there, but they have good running backs. They had a great offensive line, but these are things that can be rebuilt. We're asking acting like the cupboard is bare. The problem may be with scheme. That could be changed. The problem could be with personnel. That could be changed in this offseason. But some of the hardest things to find is shut down corner. They got one. they like these are the difficult things A uh, MVP back-to-back MVP quarterback. They got one. These are difficult things to find. The things that they need to address in the off-season, those are things that can be addressed. I'm not sure that you wanna throw it all in and say that their window is closed with Aaron Rodgers already.
1: Let me get Danny in here because you stunned us all by predicting that the Lions would upset the Packers this weekend. And, and, and as I said, uh-oh, we've lost Graziano now, so that's pretty much the end. What do you think of all this?
5: You asked for bold predictions. That was bold. Right, right. So, look, I, I think Dominique is right, right? And I think the way that Aaron Rodgers' new contract is structured – certainly encourages him to come back and try it again next year. And I think that's the Packers' hope. They understand it's probably a year to year proposition because he's so mercurial uh, so they can't count on it. But that's why I thought we were talking in the break. I thought the move they should have made was like the one the Jaguars made to get Calvin Ridley for next year. Mm-hmm. Like that would have like a real number 1 wide receiver like that. That to me would have been smart and forward thinking and wouldn't have cost as much. So uh, yeah, look, it is what it is. Like you hear him in his locker talking about the He knows how the Packers operate. He's been there a very long time. I'm sure he didn't have his hopes set very, very high for a, a trade deadline addition because he knows bar usually comes. Why do you look so skeptical? Because we're talking
4: about, okay, let's go out and get him a number one receiver. That can be addressed. He had the best receiver in the league, and he got his ass sent home in the first round. Right. So yeah, that, that I, doesn't I, mean that they can win a championship. That's what I'm saying. So you might want to punt on that and try and get as much as you can get for Aaron Rodgers for a team oh. that is set up to win a Super Bowl. Which That'll be that? a hired gun. Who? I mean, we don't know who that team is right yeah. now, yeah. right? But it, I'm sure it'll it, it materialize in the office. Season. So you're saying you think that that that, that
1: in your vision of this Rodgers finishes his career somewhere else?
4: I think it's only right. I mean, that it's a win-win for everybody. You're able to give the team that you know brought you in, drafted you, you won a Super Bowl with, you give them a great part and get some two first round draft picks, allow them to build a foundation. If love isn't the answer, now you have draft equity to move up and address that position. You have a young team, you have a they have to pay a lot of people. Rashawn Gary, you just saw, you know, what Chubb got. What do you think Rashawn Gary's gonna get?
5: If his stated goal is to finish his career in Green Bay. The new contract allows him some control over that situation. Mm-hmm. If he wanted to go somewhere, the Denver Broncos would have taken him. Yeah, well, I'm talking about <laughs> now be
4: because he didn't know what he was going to happen. He decision,
5: and, and now yeah. it's like, yeah, this, I, I think he's in We've it. We've
3: chose Rome before. This year and next year. Does he, he accept it? Or does long? he double down? Yeah, we'll Nico, give I, me a final I word. Think, I think he'll be there next year. I do. And maybe they can right the ship as far as offensive line play because he's been hit a lot and maybe the second-year jump for the receiving core might really boost him up and then then do have a good year next year. But I think after that, if this is what we see this year and next year isn't great – he might move somewhere else. Nobody he might want him at the third year well, at that time. Maybe not, years so old. he could either walk away. He's also getting old. I mean, at the end He's of the yes. day, I, 40 years old, Tom right? Brady
1: has sort of changed our perspective on what old means, but I, if, that, if that's going to become the new normal, yeah. then okay. The guy's going to be 41 years old two years from now. Let's see right. where this winds up. We're going to talk about Brady coming up next from one falling legend to the other. A Tampa Toms team in a tailspin. Is this a must-win Sunday against the defending Super Bowl champs? Plus, Artua and the Dolphins now, Super Bowl contenders. After adding one of the best pass rushers in the sport, you will hear what the quarterback had to say. But first, a little sneaky hembo okay. time for Graziano. Here we go. What was the starting quarterback matchup in the last AFC Championship game the I Dolphins won? It's a good question. I know one of them. The answer is next. <laughs> Get up on ESPN. eligible items only exclusions apply delicious meat nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts out there each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein giving you over 10 percent of your daily value wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go and you're on the go a lot We're back Graziano agonizing over this one. Yeah,
5: because it's tough. I don't
1: The starting quarterback matchup the last time in the AFC championship game that the Dolphins
5: won. Now half of it is easy, right? We know how it was Dan Marino. All right. Who did they play? I I feel like it was either the Steelers or the Patriots they played. I know they they must have played the the Patriots the next year because the Patriots beat them and went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Bears, but I don't, I, and I don't know who the Steelers quarterback would have been, so I'm going to guess it was Patriots and Tony Eason. It was the Steelers. Yeah, and it was Mark Malone. I would have never gotten it. It was our former colleague Mark Malone. See, even if I had known Steelers, I wouldn't have guessed
1: Malone. It's a tough question, but it I is, thought it was fair. fair. I don't think it was an unreasonable. I mean, my guess is
5: the matchup the following year was Marino and Tony Eason. Yes. All right, so that yeah, would be so correct. along the right, but yeah, they didn't play the Patriots twice in a row. it. Yeah, so. There we go. All right, so that's a good one. He's good
1: back one. within six. That was a good question. A tip of the cap for our friend, Mr. Hembo, who gets the win. Meanwhile, the Dolphins made a huge trade this week, of course, that might put them back in the championship game. So, Graziano, let's trade grade here at the deadline. How about the Ravens acquiring
5: Roquan Smith? What would you grade that trade? That's an A trade, man. This is huge for the Ravens. Their defense needs the help. They've been giving away fourth quarter leads this is a major piece for the middle of the defense it's going to help unlock a lot of other stuff they have going on there. home run for the Ravens Bartholomew what grade would you give the Bears acquiring Chase Claypool
4: I'm gonna give it a C because he had fell out of graces there he's been passed up by Pickens and Johnson there in Pittsburgh And you think about a second round draft pick, you think about some of the great receivers that have been picked in the second round in recent years. You know, I know we were waiting for Mel's big board to come out and talk about. I'm sure it's a receiver that they could have got, would have been a little bit cheaper, for um, Justin Fields to grow with. We will actually have Mel talking about that later in this hour. Minko, what grade would
1: you
3: give the Dolphins getting Bradley Chubb? I'm going to go B-plus on this one. Look, when you, you add a, a pass rusher, that always helps your defense. So depth at the position of um, a young, talented player. They just paid him a huge contract, so he's going to be in Miami for a long time to come. So definitely solid B-plus.
1: Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll talk tell you about that deal that they agreed to this morning in a moment. First, we will hear from Tua tunga because the second that trade gets made, we had a lot of people People here and everywhere talking about Super Bowl for the Dolphins. Tua said he's good with that.
3: We're not afraid to talk about Super Bowls here. Um, we're not afraid to talk about, you know, going to a playoff game, having the opportunity to, to go to one and then, you know, hopefully winning one. If you were to ask me that, I, I would say I have full belief that uh, we are capable
5: to stand like that in a press conference and not be afraid. <laughs> the bravery of this man. Uh, oh, I mean, you have to admire <laughs> it, because that's horrifying to stand He's in front got of all those reporters <laughs> that are
1: asking you questions. <laughs> don't take us far <laughs> afield, <laughs> although that so got was funny. He's a long way yeah. to go.
3: Let's we'll see. I just we'll have see so what much respect for it. Let's all. go
1: back. Very quickly, let me tell you about the Bradley Chubb news this morning. Shefty reporting that the Dolphins and Chubb have reached a, an extension. It's five years, $110 million in new money. But wow. the question that comes up is, Dominique Foxworth, your beloved frenemy uh, Kimberly Martin was here yesterday saying she was thinking back to Aaron Donald closing out the Super Bowl last year that the acquisition of Bradley Chubb felt like a move to get a guy like that does this make them Super Bowl contenders in your opinion
6: absolutely I mean I, I obviously I would not say that they are immediately better than the Chiefs or the Bills but they're competitive with both of those teams in a single elimination tournament anything could happen. Their defense is incredibly talented, but I think underachieving based on the expectations we had for them. You add Bradley Chubb to that already impressive defensive front, and maybe they can reach the heights that they anticipated. If the biggest question about this team is can their defense rise at the occasion, if we can consistently expect their offense to do what they're doing. I think adding Wilson in the running in the backfield is going to have a surprisingly positive impact on making their team more balanced. I do think that they are capable of beating anybody on any given Sunday.
1: Bart doesn't look ready to agree with anyone on anything. But how about uh, just this touched, one? He just yeah. touched
6: the money, man.
4: Uh, uh, you don't touch the money. Listen, this is a young player, and you know he's excited. But you don't talk about Super Bowl. You, you stay humble, man. Take some humble pie. Oh. Listen, you guys are still in third place in your division, man. You got to wait. A don't talk about this type of stuff. Yeah, wait. listen, you talk about is, is, are they are they capable? Yes, but stand underneath the radar because guess what? You're not better than Burrow. You're not better than 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 Mahomes, and you're not better than than, than um, Allen. So just be humble pie now now you just put a target so, on your back and now we're going to hold you accountable he's, you he's never tennis.
6: he's he's never going to be better than any any of them so what are we waiting for so, so, so they're not going win. to so they're not gotta, going to be the
4: favorite in none of those games you know you got to no, go saying, through that gutlet
6: football i don't know if you know but there are other positions on the football team other than quarterback and sometimes you can have yeah, a the most important team one if, and and you can also game plan and scheme to win games. You don't. It doesn't just boil down to who got the best quarterback every year. If that were I the case, I think familiar. Then why would we but when all
4: up? things being equal, it does come down to the difference maker is the guy who touches the ball me, more I'm than anybody else on the football that, field. I'm
6: just I'm just surprised that you just like you you're a studio guy now is what happened. You got oh, soft. Yeah, you're you're in a the studio. Hey, and
4: quit trying to swagger jack my <laughs> hairstyle too. <laughs> okay, hold on. <laughs> okay,
6: wait. Let me look like but, my little son. Let me bring it in here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> let me bring, I don't know, that tickled like me. You know, let's bring this in here and let me get Ninko involved in the conversation because um, it. Tua to Tongawailoa may not be as good as Patrick Mahomes, and he may not be as good as Josh Allen, but you not know yet. what? He's got weapons they that even weapons. Allen might be je- uh, jealous of, right, in the incredible – you've got an Olympic track team, basically, to throw the football to. Do you think they are a Super Bowl contender I mean, right now? First of all,
3: now? the courage of him to stand up in front of the, the, the <laughs> scary media yeah. and answer questions that are hypothetical on a so team that's third crazy. place in their division. He is so brave. So brave. But uh, anyway, it's like asking me about winning the lottery is a $1.5 billion, and I'm just talking a, yeah, I would have loved it, and I would enjoy it, but it's probably not going to happen. Right. So, thinking to the the Dolphins right now and their move for Chubb, yeah, it was a good move. Gives them depth, but I don't think it puts them in pace on pace to get to a Super Bowl. Close considering the they have to go to Buffalo, and the last yeah. time I checked, when you're living in Miami and everything is lovely and warm and nice, and you have the beautiful humidity, and you have to go up to Buffalo and play in 35 mile an hour, negative five degree wind chill, uh, I don't think that the the Miami Dolphins would go up there, and those fast weapons that are so quick and explosive would do great up Fair. in Buffalo or even in Arrowhead. So I don't think that the road to a Super Bowl goes through Miami wow. by any means.
1: Okay, I have a, and, and it won't this year for sure. Oh, wait a minute. Why does Dominique look like that? Go ahead. He's rubbing I his has have to, he has a
6: migraine. So, so the 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 Bills also have a passing attack, high-powered offense. But the point is, over your you guys, are, you guys are making you're making arguments that can never be refuted. One, Bart's saying you can never talk about winning the Super Bowl until you're the best. You have the very best quarterback, and you're saying you can never talk about winning the Super Bowl if you're in Miami because the weather's bad everywhere else. It's outrageous. <laughs> they have a talented I just said team. They show could up potentially up win a Super Bowl.
3: Okay, we would let, play the Miami Dolphins in December, and the offensive line would stand like this and have their hands in there. They would be huddling together, and I'd look over and say, Yeah, they're, they're not winning this. Final game. word, Graziano, go.
5: I don't see how a quarterback's going to stand at a podium in early I don't November know. and no, say, No, don't well, do that again. The, weather is, the weather's going to be too difficult in, in <laughs> yes. January. We, yes. we can't talk nice. about Super Bowls. Look, they beat the Bills. They, they believe Come
3: they're going to win. Like Oregon Trail, dead dysentery, heat, They beat, <laughs> They won the game, right? Oh, Where so, was it In Miami? It was it too hot down
5: there? I guess my point is, so what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to stay there, say I know. we are supposed to say, we're okay. focused
1: on next week. See? Yes. I, tr- I try to ask a good question, and this is what falls down. Okay. We continue in just a moment. We'll see. How about another quarterback who knows a little something about Super Bowls? No more time to talk for Tampa Tom. Why, this week needs to be the Bucs' best by far if he's getting back to the big game. That's next. Let's get up. We're all salty on ESPN. <laughs>
3: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: We are back on Get Up, and the game is called Either Or. Hey, Bart Scott, who's going to have more passing yards as they go head-to-head this weekend,
4: Aaron Rodgers or Jared Goff? Have you seen Jared Goff in his prolific offense? I know they lost T.J. Hawkinson, but the man is on fire. If this was, um, you know, uh was it, uh, above the rim, yeah. Never mind, yeah. Jared Goff.
1: That's the end of that thought. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is Jared Goff. We got there sort of an unusual way. Uh, that's T.J. Hawkinson. Uh, he's a Viking now. Uh, Dominique, who will have more receiving yards this weekend? D.K. Metcalf or DeAndre Hopkins?
6: Got to go, DeAndre Hopkins. It seems like Kyler Murray, since he came back, can only throw to one man, and DeAndre Hopkins seems like he can't. He has to catch everything that's thrown in his direction, no matter whether it's one hand or two. He seems like he hasn't missed a beat since he came back from his suspension. So I think that. He outperforms DK Metcalf, at least by the numbers this weekend.
1: This is a sneaky, fascinating game and a good matchup there. Ninko, who will have more touchdowns this weekend as they go head to head? Matthew Stafford or Tom Brady?
3: I'm going with Stafford. I don't know if Cooper Cup is playing or not. I'm not sure on his health status, which could affect this stat line. But I'm going to go with with more than Tom Brady in this particular situation, considering that the secondary of the Bucks has looked terrible, and I don't know what they look like at health either. Cup is questionable. Yes, is that?
5: replace Ninkovich with Orlovsky? Like he picked Stafford over Brady? I don't understand
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a bit of a confusing yes us. it's not like what reverse we, psychology you yeah. know oh, what yeah. we expect the other way Cooper Cup is questionable by the way and the total on that game is really low we're expecting a very low scoring matchup between yeah. these two is this a must win game yeah. for
3: Tom Brady yeah yeah, it is the Tampa Bay Bucks have to win this matchup I feel like both of these teams are struggling with what they are, their identity this season, you, you, you just can't you can't look at this matchup and definitively say that this is the team that's going to come out on top. We don't know, but I do know this. The Bucs, when you look at everything from their special teams, their defense is underperforming, their offensive line is terrible, you know, Tom's having tantrums on the sideline, all those things together, if they don't win this matchup, the season is 100% over.
1: Dominique, I'm going to say a really stupid thing, which in my case will certainly not be the first time. But they, the Buccaneers just had a mini-buy. They had like a little week and a half off. They are far Hard. too talented to be as bad as they have looked. That defense cannot possibly be this bad. Brady and these weapons cannot be. It's not like they've looked out of sync. Yeah. How in the world are Tom Brady and, and Mike, Mike Evans, Evans yeah. out of sync? they played together for three years. We all understand the stuff that's been going on in his life, and, and, and now it's as public as it is and whatever else it is. The mini-buy is exactly what they needed. The Buccaneers Buccaneers are going to come out and they're going to look much, much better this weekend on their way to doing something in the second half. I don't know that I'm, I'm talking yeah. about a deep playoff run, but looking markedly better. Am I crazy?
6: No, I don't think you're crazy at all, because as we can see, they have all the pieces. Being able to put it all together is is the question that we haven't seen yet, and they've done it before. So with this defense, I think is the key to all of this. When they're at their best, their defense is dominant, and it gives Tom Brady time to pick and choose his opportunities when he wants to go after teams or um, target specific receivers. So I think that's what it boils down to. If his defense can get consistent, then they'll be fine. Tom Brady can work around uh, like difficulties with the offensive line, especially when he has weapons out there. So I don't think you sound as crazy as you may think.
1: Yeah, Bart, the things I'm seeing from them just don't make sense to me.
4: It doesn't. I feel like, you know, you look at this matchup as as a whole, you know, you can say that about their opponent as well. You talk about Van Jefferson coming back. You talk about two of the previous Super Bowl champions not being able to kind of look like themselves. And you talk about these are two organizations that said let's run it back with Mm -hmm. everybody. And, you know, it kind of brings that question, uh, you know, how hungry are you if everybody's eating, right? And it's one of those things where you got to see, you know, who's going to be able to kind of, Turn the clock back and be the team that we remember them as because Bobby Wagner was brought in to try and be that that protector for Aaron Donald. You know they they really I believe are missing Von Miller because it is you know Aaron Donald doesn't have the protection that he had you know when he had Von Miller there. How about Brady and the Buccaneers here, Danny?
5: Yeah, I think your point about the mini buy is interesting because you go back a couple of years. Remember they had the buy late in the season and things were not as dire as they look now, but they weren't playing their their absolute best. They came out of that buy on fire didn't lose again uh... and i remember bruce Arians being very sort of boisterous we can do anything we want on offense we like firing and everybody up kinda you know I, I, so something has to happen and it's possible that it that it does that, that the extra time since the last game uh... will give them time to do that but they it, i don't think they can just coast along thinking everything's gonna be okay
1: take us behind closed doors quickly Ninko. you never played with tom brady when he had a three-game losing streak because he hadn't had one since two thousand and two but, what was he like when things were going badly? What do you expect behind closed doors he's doing right now? Well,
3: if you see what he's doing on the sidelines, I can guarantee inside those meeting rooms he's not happy. you know, so again, they have to get, they have to go out offensively and have some type of rhythm. The running game is lacking. The offensive line we talked about that. the receivers look like they don't have any chemistry which they should because they've been together. so again, when when you have some key missing pieces that have been in and out of the lineup from injury, which they had early in the season, maybe with this short little bye, they can get things moving in the right direction. All right, so those
1: are some quarterbacks who are playing right now who desperately need wins. But you know what today is? Today's one of my favorite days of the year. We're going to talk about much younger quarterbacks because Mel's Big Board is available right now on ESPN.com, and here are the big board rankings. Ohio State's C.J. Stroud is Mel's top quarterback and number three overall prospect, Uh, Will Anderson Jr. of Bama and Jalen Carter of Georgia are one and two. Will Levis comes in at four overall on Kuyper's rankings. Only one Kentucky quarterback has ever gone in the first round of the NFL draft. That was Tim Couch, who went number one overall in 99. And then Bryce Young rounds out the top five, or the top quarterbacks at five overall. He won the Heisman last year. He would be the fourth Alabama quarterback taken in the first round of the NFL draft, assuming it goes that way. So those are the top Five overall prospects in this draft. Three of them are quarterbacks. Anthony Richardson is fourth, a dual threat, seven passing, six rushing touchdowns this year and then Hendon Hooker who is surging up the boards right now certainly has moved his way into the Heisman conversation his team is number one in the country they play the biggest game of the year this coming weekend and Mel right now has him late in the first round at number five overall ladies and gentlemen the man who invented the draft is with us Mel Kuiper Jr. I want to go over these QBs Mel because this is what the fans are fascinated by Bryce Young, he's the one we all know best. Why is he the third best quarterback on the board?
0: It's a size. Like a 5'11 and a half, about you think about 185, 190 Greeny. That's something we haven't had at the top of the first round ever, really. So I think you look at, at Bryce Young, he's the ultimate point guard. He processes better than any of the quarterbacks I've seen in recent memory. So there's a lot to love about Bryce Young. You just wish he was a little bigger. He doesn't have the frame of a Russell Wilson or a Kyler Murray. So he's not going to be able to put on a lot of weight. Can he hold up at 5'11 and a half, say 185, 190 in NFL? That's going to be the question moving forward at the pro level. Yeah, and
1: Stroud obviously is special, and we see him every weekend at Ohio State. And I'm fascinated, and I'm sure a lot of people are, by Hendon Hooker again. uh, Has he played his way into the first round? And how much is at stake for him personally in this monster matchup against Georgia this weekend?
0: individual games really don't mean a lot now, i know it's going to be a huge game and everybody's going to look at hendon hooker and say this will define him as a pro prospect normally that doesn't if you go too high on a guy or too low based on this one big game it usually leads you in bad direction so i go back to culpepper when he played auburn or josh allen when he played iowa roethlisberger playing iowa manning against florida troy Aikman against rodney pete all those things don't matter At the end of the day, it's about do you have the talent necessary? Hooker does have, doesn't have elite arm strength, but he's incredibly accurate. He doesn't make mistakes. He does not throw interception. Game manager, more than that. This guy is a great decision maker. What he's done at Tennessee with Josh Heupel has been unbelievable. He's got great receivers. He's got a great line. They can run the ball. There's a great talent around him. But Hendon Hooker has moved, I think, into the late first round discussion. At worst, the second rounder.
1: All right, and, and, you know, I'm going to go off script here because I just want to ask you this question because this game means everything. Who do you like this weekend? Who do you think wins Tennessee at Georgia with the entire world at stake?
0: I'll tell you what you have to do if you're Georgia, is run the football. That offensive line with Van Pran at center and Broderick Jones in those backs – Keep Tennessee off the field. Run the football downhill. Tennessee's defense is an issue. I think you can throw the ball as well against Tennessee. Score points if you're Georgia, because Tennessee's going to do that. They're going to light it up. Now, they got Tillman back now. they got three outstanding receivers. Jalen Hyatt's been the sensation of college football. He's been unstoppable as a wide receiver with that elite speed and that game-breaking ability. Then you think of the O-line, which neutralized Will Anderson Jr. in the Alabama green greening. Vegas is begging everybody to take Tennessee at eight. Are you kidding? Georgia, eight-point favorite over Hooker, and this offense, it's unstoppable. They are begging you to take the Volunteers. Usually when that happens, it doesn't work out well, but I'm going to go down uh, with the eight, plus eight with the Tennessee Volunteers. I don't know who's going to win, but I would take the eight. But like I say, Vegas is begging us to do that.
1: So says Mel Kuyper, and we'll be doing this regularly as we work our way towards the end of April. Mel, you're the best. Great to see you. Thank you very much. And we've got great games coming up this Thank weekend. You. Our featured ESPN college football game will involve Bryce Young in number 6 Alabama, taking on Jaden Daniels and number 10 LSU. It's always a monster matchup in the SEC. Coverage 7 Eastern Saturday night on ESPN and the ESPN app. Coming up. Did Jerry drop the ball at the deadline? Does Dak need another weapon for the Cowboys to go to the Super Bowl? We'll answer that question next. You're watching Get Up
4: on ESPN. get up the game is called right or wrong hey Bart the
1: Titans are going to upset Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs this week is that right or wrong
4: uh, I'm going to go right I, I, I usually go wrong but I'm going to go right because listen, this has been a kryptonite to any team that was a super team has been King Henry and he looks like he's ready to reclaim his throne he paid be putting people on the train tracks and tell them to stand there if you dare
1: that's two people picking Tennessee on this program this morning Graziano all four NFC East teams are going to make the playoffs is that right or wrong
5: I think it's wrong the that doesn't really work because they all play each other. I mean, I guess one of these years it could happen, and if it was, then the schedules these teams are playing. I just don't see Washington holding up over the course of a season. Uh, I, I, I say wrong.
1: If they win this weekend, then as of that moment, all four NFC East teams would be in playoff position. Yeah. It's the commanders that they will need. Ninko. Jerry Jones will regret not making a trade at the deadline. Is that right or wrong?
3: That is right. I know they traded for a tackle, defensive tackle. They did, but at this point right now, they might need a extra depth piece at the receiver position. We know early in the season they've dealt with some injuries. So, again, moving forward, they let Cooper out the door. Who do they have to replace him? Uh, big question mark.
1: Yeah, and you know, you're not the only one who feels that way. So does Tad. Prescott, who is Dak's brother and is a friend of the show. Uh, I was following him on Twitter yesterday. First, he tweeted something about being frustrated that they didn't make a big move. Then he explained it with this tweet saying, let's be clear, I'm not upset the Cowboys didn't land Cooks. Uh, For the money, we could have kept Coop. What I'm saying is we should have done something. Every other team in contention for the Super Bowl made a move to better their teams. Cooks, of course, is Brandon Cooks. Uh, There were reports from Ed Werder that the Cowboys were in it for him in the conversation and couldn't figure out a deal. Why are you poo-pooing Brandon Brandon Cook's Graziano.
5: No, I'm just saying a lot of teams were in it. It just wasn't like, you know, because of the salary next year and the compensation. Like, I don't think anyone ever got really close to a deal on Brandon Cooks.
1: Perhaps not. One way or another, what we know for sure is the Cowboys didn't make a deal for Brandon Cook's. So the question I have on the screen there is will they regret not making a marquee trade? But here's what I found myself thinking about during the break, and so I'm going to change that question. Are the Cowboys the biggest threat to the Eagles in the NFC? The the Eagles deserve to be considered the best. They're unbeaten. They've been great. Are the Cowboys their biggest threat? And if not, who is in the NFC Bart?
4: I'm going to go with the uh, 49ers because I feel like with CMC and Debo Samuels, they're, they're matchup nightmares because one can both can play receiver, both can play running back. So I feel like with the toughness and the physicality of the, which they play, their philosophy matches up. It, you know, in, in the playoffs, you want to pack your defense and your run game. They got both. And they do it at a high level. Nobody wants to play the 49ers.
1: I'm sort of leaning that way too. McCaffrey just looks right in that uniform. Obviously, he had the triple threat last week. He caught one. He threw one. And he Ran for one uh, he's a pretty good pick if there was such an award I think to be the MVP of the second half of the season so Nico there's the question if it's not the Cowboys or maybe it is who's the biggest threat in the conference to Philly
3: man I, it's got to be the Cowboys I, I mean it, it really has to be considering wh- where they're at the running game can they get back to the similar to what they were doing with Rush when they're running the football, controlling time of possession. Now you have Dak back with more confidence after the injury. He looked like a different player the second week after that thumb injury, mm-hmm. so maybe progressing in week three, four, five, six, moving forward. His confidence just continues to go up.
1: You know what we saw a little bit of, it, and something that maybe we see more in this, was Dak involved in the running game, using Dak yep. a little bit in the running game the way we see some other teams doing so effectively. Do you expect more of that in the second well,
3: half? It's just so hard to stop because it's truly 11-on-11 11 11 football. When, you, when the quarterback's not involved, they have an extra piece defensively that can add in to try and stop the run. So when you have that quarterback, similar to what Buffalo does, if you run a quarterback direct run power, it's really hard to stop. They have an extra, they have an extra offent- offensive player in there to block.
1: Yeah, I just thought of it as I was watching that clip of, of Dak taking it in for that touchdown. How about you, Dominique? Who is the biggest threat to Philadelphia in the NFC?
6: I like the 49ers, but I think I have to stick with the Cowboys because of the versatility that Dak gives them. I think if you get in a situation where you're trailing your 49ers and you're relying on uh, Jimmy G to lead some big comeback, I think I have less confidence in that than I do with Dak. Dak's done it in the playoffs before, led comeback victories and near comeback victories. So that that confidence or that uh, particular player gives me a little bit more confidence and a little bit more fear if I'm uh, the Eagles.
1: How about you Graziano?
5: I agree with Rob and with Dominique on the Cowboys. I think that's it. They they, they play they played the Eagles kind of tough with their backup quarterback. Yep. They beat him twice last year. Uh, I think that's I think that's the matchup.
1: I keep changing the question, and everyone, uh, the yeah. the people in the control room in Bristol are going to kill me. <laughs> but 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 which defense is scary? San Francisco people yeah. overlook that. We're all talking yeah. about the Cowboys defense and Micah Parsons. They get after the quarterback. When the 49ers defense is healthy, they're as good as any. And Nick Bosa is as scary. Yeah. Maybe maybe no one's as scary as Micah Parsons, but Bosa might be as close as you get. Mm. I I think I, I lean San Francisco because yeah. of their defense.
4: I mean, I think I'll take Trent Williams over Michael Parsons any. Day day in that matchup. I yeah. like that matchup. They have the most dominant left tackle in all of football and they have a nasty brand of football.
1: How about that Cowboy defense? Are, are they listen, in, in a playoff situation? They need to play from in front it feels like. That, to that me.
4: defense did give up 30 points to the, to the, uh, to the Chicago uh, yes, Bears and it's because they ran the football. And listen, you talk about resumes. Everybody want to poo-poo on Jimmy G. But if you talk about playoff resume, his playoff resume is much better in how he's performed in the playoffs than Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott guy is also a little bit of Mr. Glass. You know, so you want to use him in that running game if you want to. A little soft body, too much yogurt.
5: Very, very final thought. Garoppolo's hurt more than Dak is, and Dominique's point was who's better equipped to lead a comeback. When Garoppolo's won playoff games, it's because they ran the ball and blocked a punt.
1: They generally don't fall behind When did Dallas win a playoff game? They they did play each other last year, in fairness, and the clock ran out on the Cowboys at the end. Let me leave that there for a moment. We have more. First take is coming up next here on ESPN. Did Green Bay fail Aaron Rodgers at the deadline? Are the Dolphins on the same level as Buffalo and Kansas City? They'll answer those questions in more.
4: Top of the hour right here on ESPN. All
1: right, uh, don't miss this week's ESPN Plus featured games tonight. Two of the hockey's best, the Bruins and Rangers, 730 Eastern. Then out west, Panthers and Sharks. To get ESPN Plus, go to ESPNPlus.com or download the ESPN app. And it is a very busy week for Philadelphia and Houston. The Eagles play the Texans tonight. Eagles looking to improve to 8-0. They're a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. They've been playing football since 1933. They've never started a season. 8-0 8-0 and and so we'll see uh, they are a heavy favorite as you see tonight and the expectation from all of us is that they will win and of course the Phillies and Astros will meet in tonight's yeah. game five of the World Series so a nice matchup between those two mm. and I brought Todd Frazier in here because we had a really good debate earlier mm. and I thought that it could spill into a different issue so we talked about whether or not if the Eagles should get themselves to 14-0, and 15-0, they've wrapped up everything that there is to wrap up in the NFC. Should they continue to try and win and go for the perfect season, or should they rest their starters? Well, last night, Christian Javier of the Houston Astros pitched nine hitless innings in a World Series game. He threw 97 pitches. Uh, wow. Uh, what did I say? Six, per, six. Did, did yes, I say six, nine? Six, excuse me. Six what you mean. hitless what you mean. innings, 97 pitches wow. in a World Series Amazing. game, and then they took him out. Terrific. And the question what? is – Mr. Frazier should they have left him in there because he had a chance to do something that only two pitchers have ever done in the postseason that only one has ever done in the World Series should they have left him out there
2: now you t- you take him out you're trying to win the game. You're oh not, wow. oh not my won- god what a concept, oh, what a win concept. Win, huh? you play to win wow. the game right that's what we talk about now, go ahead it, 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 first of all it's a new era we said it before. Hundred pitches, most guys are getting out, but yeah, you you got to win the game. I and mean, we're not worried about a no hitter. We're worried about winning, moving on. When you get the ring, and then you're like, you know what? We made the right move. The like, game was it.
1: five nothing. I would point out to everyone at the time. So yeah. it wasn't like he was on the verge. And by the way, he had gotten three consecutive <laughs> yeah. ground got ball outs in the Marks previous the inning. Yeah. He was. It's
2: not like they, he was getting knocked
4: around or he was in any danger no.
2: whatsoever. I'm sorry. No, it's. Nobody's going to worry about getting that. They're worried about getting the ring. Go ahead, Mark. I mean,
4: I'm sorry, because my comprehension is not is very low. I have an associate's degree.
2: So you mean to tell me <laughs> that me too. going to win the
4: championship is more important than getting an individual award, doing something that's never been done before in the World Series, in the history of the World Series? Okay. Hey, jump not in if you concept. want. You know who can oh explain this? Good. Wait, hold <laughs> on. In in you know who can explain
1: different. this? Someone with a postgraduate degree, and that's Dominique Foxworth, oh, wow. can explain to everybody it's that serious. you're acting like this is a binary proposition when it is not. Exactly. Go ahead, oh,
6: Nate. No. Yeah, this is absurd. So th- there's a lot of differences. One is this was according to a plan. The plan was not to pitch him through the course of the game. They had stuck to their plan. The plan when you play football is to win every game. They're not diverging from any sort of plan that's lessening their ability to win a championship. And also, if he want, if he hit what? if he um, achieved a no-hitter. He would have had to answer some questions. I think that's the real problem. They didn't <laughs> the, the want him out to there be healthy, answering right? them scary the scary
4: questions. Healthy, correct. Go ahead, they, they, they don't pitch him because they don't want to risk him no. maybe throwing his arm out. They want him no. available no. for later in the series. I'm
5: out. asking no. No, no, They this. took him out because the next guy had a better chance to get through the seventh inning in their mind. But that was to try and get the outs. They're trying to. Oh, they're stay trying to,
2: Also, oh, There might really be a game seven. They're going to need him for game seven. Oh, what a concept! I know you, guys,
5: <laughs> you, guys, you guys are making – like So wait for so so an old dude out there
2: so gets so hurt and he's not available face. for
4: the
5: playoffs. Don't so talk over each other. Go ahead, he, Graziano. He, the, the pursuit of an undefeated season in the NFL is not an individual accomplishment. It's a team one. Yeah. Right, so the no-hitter is so, a completely different setup. It's 100% asked, different. Minko, go, go. And,
3: and after the game, they asked him about potentially pitching a no-hitter. said, I don't care. I just want to win right. a, a championship. Yeah. So, the parallel. so you could ask every single player on a football team, would you rather win a Super Bowl or would you rather be undefeated? They'd rather win a Super Bowl. Yes, because, not but setup. that it's isn't it's not the choice. The right Dominic, final word, go. The, the one thing that I would like to also bring
6: up is that there's also a rust factor. Like you're you're saying that if you get to 14 and 0, that you should stop playing your starters for the final four weeks Pitch of the count. season and, and then <laughs> take the bye. Story? People shut down. team, Dominique? When you got
4: 30, didn't they give you a day off? Why did they give you a day off? Sorry, let's let, let's leave it there. This
1: felt like a good idea, and the bottom line of it is I I don't even like the question on the screen, to be completely honest with you. Obviously, winning a title is more important, but they are not mutually exclusive. You stacked the deck. This was a fun day. Thanks
4: for being with us. We'll see you back in Better Than Ever tomorrow. First take starts now. Bye, baby Bart.